What's up to all my listeners out there? My name is Lindsay, and thank you so much for checking out the M1 Podcast. I'm so excited to be back with you guys today, and it's crazy because now I'm officially an incoming college student. Um, senior year was really crazy, which is why I haven't um, had really any episodes since January, so I apologize for that. But I'm really excited for today's episode. Today we have Chrissy Birdsall, who is a sports broadcaster at WSUM Radio for University of Wisconsin-Madison. And she's also a sports broadcaster for Big Ten Plus and a writer for her school newspaper, The Badger Herald, where she mostly does women's basketball as a beat writer. Um, And we're going to get straight into it. Today we have an amazing guest. We have Chrissy here today to tell all about her sports journey and all the amazing stuff she does. So first, why don't you just give a quick intro about yourself for anybody that doesn't know you? Yeah, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. Um, I'm Chrissy, and I'm entering my third year at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. I'm a student sportscaster for our radio station, WSUM 91.7 FM Madison, and also Big Ten Networks, Big Ten Plus. I cover just about every single sport that you can think of at the university. And outside of commentating, I also am a women's basketball beat writer for our student newspaper, The Badger Herald. So you basically do, like, everything (laughs) yeah uh it's a lot but it's a lot of fun and this is now my third year doing it and I've had a blast the last two years so I wouldn't change it for the world it sounds amazing and I can't wait to get into that but kind of to go back to the beginning a little bit were you like a sports fan growing up which made you like really interested in doing stuff like this once you got to high school oh sorry college Absolutely. Um, When I grew up, uh, when I was growing up, I mean, I watched basically everything and my dad was a huge sports fan. So we would spend hours just watching Sunday football and talking about players and teams. And I knew growing up, um, being in sports, playing sports, watching sports, that I wanted to do something in the sports industry. I just didn't know what I wanted to do. And then as I started entering college, I realized that I really liked writing, I really liked sports, and I could put both of these together and make a major and make a career out of it. And since I've come to college, I realized that there's so much more that I could do outside of commentating sports. But I've really found that love uh, for being behind the mic, telling the stories of the different teams that I have the opportunity to talk about. And it's been a blast so far. Yeah, it definitely looks like a lot of fun on your TikTok and all of your pages. And you go to the University of Wisconsin-Madison, as you mentioned, you major in journalism. What made you want to go to the University of Wisconsin? Yeah, so when I was touring schools, it was during COVID, um, my junior and senior year. So I didn't have the opportunity to visit as many schools as I would like. So I needed some kind of parameter to narrow down the list of choices I had. I had about 20 schools on my list and my mom was like, okay, you need to, you know, dock that down to less than 10. So I used schools with good journalism programs because at that point I knew I wanted to go into journalism. Um, The University of Wisconsin has a really good journalism program here as well as a bunch of other Big Ten schools. So as I narrowed down my list, um, I started to look at what schools I could tour. I decided that I wanted to tour Wisconsin, and as soon as I came here, I fell in love with the campus. Even though it was 30 degrees outside, and it was February, it was snowing, I still love the school, and I have no regrets coming here. Yeah, you definitely know you like a school when you visit them, and it's really cool, and you still like it. That's the the school I'm going to. It was, I think, like six degrees when I went, but I still end up going there, so so that's when you know you really like it. 
Absolutely. And I've, even 30 degrees was warm for them in February. I've come here and I've since experienced negative temperatures. And that has been quite the shock coming from the East Coast because we've never gotten that cold before. Yeah, the East Coast is a little bit different. But so where do you think like your passion for like journalism really comes from for you? Um, I mean, for me, it definitely came from wanting to work in the sports industry and knowing that I wanted to either talk about sports or write about sports, trying to find that outlet to have the creative interest. And since I came here and I've been able to really explore that, my love for journalism has definitely grown a lot more. Um, being in the journalism school, we cover basically everything, even outside of sports. We're covering politics. We're covering breaking news. Being in a capital city, there's always stuff going on. And that has really helped with my love for journalism. Um, and it's been really great. So I'm super excited to get into all of your stuff about your experience reporting because I find it super interesting because I've interviewed some people that are a little bit older, but I feel like it's interesting coming from a student sportscaster's perspective. So like, how did you get started with like WSUM radio and Big Ten Plus? Uh, I'll, so I'll start off with WSUM because I joined that my freshman year of college. Every year, um, the university holds a student org fair where we go into the Cole Center, which is our basketball stadium, and all of the clubs that are offered at the university are there. So I knew when I wanted to go in that I was looking for one of the newspapers, either the Badger Herald or the Daily Cardinal. We have two here. And I spoke to both of them, put my name down. And as I was walking out, I saw music blaring from the speakers and these group of people that looked like they were having a blast. So I went and talked to them and um, WSUM does a little bit of everything from music, sports, news and talk and podcasts. So I had a conversation with them and they were like, yeah, we have people that broadcast live games. And I was like, sign me up. I had no clue what I was getting into. I knew nothing about student radio when I joined. And as I went through the training process, I realized that this was something that I really wanted to do. And I started calling games. I joined in September. I started calling games in November. Um, so they got me up to speed really quick. And it was really great to get that exposure quickly in the industry. I know a lot of schools might not have those opportunities. And I really lucked out to find this program when I did. Um, and it's been great. And the last two years, I've definitely seen my confidence grow from not knowing anything about sports casting to now calling games for all these different teams, sports that I've never had experience with in the past and traveling to different places to cover these opportunities has been awesome. And that has also led into my experience with Big Ten Plus. Um, we have a lot of sports casters who do both. Um, so in the fall of last year, so the fall of 2022, I had sent an application into there and I got accepted in the spring of 2023. And I had just started calling games for them right at the end of the season. And I've also gotten some experience behind the camera as well. I worked um, actually as a camera operator and a score box operator for a few of their softball games. So that has been really interesting to see that part of production that I've never had experience with before. And I've been really fortunate to have both of these opportunities come so early in my career. That's so amazing that you got that like your freshman year, because I always hear a lot of people saying like, oh, you have to wait till like your junior and senior when I was like touring school. So that's so amazing that your school had that opportunity available for you and like that you could actually get like your feet wet right away. Yeah, definitely very fortunate to find those programs as early as I did. 
And I feel like a good um, piece of advice for you or for anybody that's listening is to really just go out and try and seek those opportunities if you can. A lot of times they will say maybe you have to wait, but you can find ways to get into the industry and get experience early. And you're doing a really great job with what you're doing here. Um, Just getting that experience and getting those reps. Thank you very much. And what is it like for you getting to like call all these different matchups, especially for your school? Like there's like you, I assume you love your school now and like you have a lot of passion for it. So is it like getting to be like in front of the, like behind the mic and getting to call these games? Being at a Big Ten school definitely has its perks. We have amazing facilities and the teams are always a blast to watch. And you always get an opportunity to watch some really great athletes come through the programs. Um, Every venue I've been to, every team that I've called has had a different and very unique experience, but I've had a great time calling all of them. And being in a Big Ten school, they have a very large fan base, um, so it just makes the atmosphere very electric. And um, I'll use women's volleyball, for example, with the success that they've had in the last two years. I had an opportunity to call some of the NCAA games at the field house where they play, and the last match that they had against Pittsburgh – the field house was jam-packed. It was so loud inside there. And it just made it one of the best calls that we had during the year because it was so much fun to be in the energy and just talking through the game, through the match as it was going on. Um, and it's really great being in a Big Ten school to have that atmosphere. And I feel like there's very few schools that can match the energy that Wisconsin has across all of its sports. Oh yeah. I've watched a lot of volleyball games. I'm a big, big 10 volleyball fan and like seeing how like this, the place is always so packed and it looks like so much fun every single game, like no matter what time of day, what time of the year it is, like everybody's always packed in there and like winning the national championship. It just like adds to all the amazingness you guys do over there. Yeah, and that's just volleyball. Even some of the other sports that I've been fortunate to do, our football stadium, Camp Randall, always fills up for every game. The Cole Center uh, for the men's team, they do a really great job. And the women's team has been building in their fan base as well. So it's been a lot of fun to call those games because you can feel the energy around you, and it just makes the call so much more energetic. Yeah, and what is it like for you to prepare for all these different games and different scenarios every time? It's very different depending on what uh, role I'm taking on. So my first two years, I have served predominantly as a color analyst. And then starting last spring, I actually did one or two play-by-play calls. Um, So I'm hoping to kind of transition to a little bit more play-by-play. It makes the prep completely different. But I feel like for color commentary, I've developed a little bit of a system that works best for me. I had a lot of trials and tribulations my freshman year to figure out how can I organize my notes and get everything together that makes the most sense for me. And then sophomore year, I feel like I've been really able to hone that down um, where I can kind of get it down and out pretty quickly and just find my information very fast. But in terms of finding information, with the perk of being in a Division One Power Five school, a lot of the information comes straight from the athletic program, either from meetings with the SIDs or getting notes from their game notes or bios, player bios, player stats are updated constantly on those sites. And it makes it very easy to get that information, at least for Wisconsin. And most of the teams that we play are also really good at updating those as well. So for color commentary, it makes it very easy to find those stats. For play-by-play, I'm definitely working on figuring out how that works best for me. Um, 
it's a little bit less writing down notes and stuff and a lot more memorization. So the prep starts a lot earlier than I would do color prep. So I'm definitely working on that system right now of how can I try and memorize these numbers to players and teams and all this stuff. So when somebody gets the ball, I can call them right away and not have to look down at my notes. Um, it's been a process, but it's a lot of Quizlet note taking <laughs> and card flipping. And um, it's really great that I have a bunch of play-by-play broadcasters who are willing to help me develop a system that works best for me. Yeah, I feel like that seems pretty difficult when, especially sports like football, where they're wearing, like, helmets. Like, you can't, at least, like, sports like volleyball, there's only, like, six on there at a time. And you start to, like, get a feel for the girls and, like, knowing who's who. But, like, sports like football where you can't even see them, like, and there's so many people running at once, like, that seems super difficult. Especially football, too, because you're probably a good maybe like 50 hundred feet away and you're all the way up at the top of the box you got to use like binoculars i've seen some broadcasters bring to the stadium and yeah it's always very interesting to see but i feel like the more games that you call the more comfortable you get with the team so at least when you're preparing for your home team it makes it very easy by the end of the season knowing all right this player is going to start this one's going to come in at this time this is their number um, then it's just memorizing the other team at that point. Yeah, the binoculars always look so funny when you see the people like this, like they're trying to look and they can't really see. Oh, yeah. I've We've had some people bring them before. And I mean, it works. Hey, whatever works for you, especially with those stadiums and teams that you're so far away that the numbers, they look like little pixelations. Yeah, I, like, have trouble seeing, like, far away, like, reading, and, like, I've had trouble doing, I do, like, book for my school's volleyball team, and sometimes the numbers, they make them way too small, like, they need to be, like, this big on your, like, they need to be very big on your chest, like, not in the corner, and then when they hide them, and then when they're moving too fast, I'm like, wait, who just served? Like, it's too much for me. Absolutely, and then it's, like, it's just a female athlete, and she's got her hair down, and it's covering the number, and you're like, all right, well, (laughs) Yeah, I just, like, take the L on that sometimes. But when you're calling on air, like, how is it, like, for you trying to, like, deal with, like, nerves? Especially when you first started, like, your freshman year, like, going right into it. How do you best deal with maybe getting nervous on air or making little mistakes? How do you how, how do you deal with that? Uh, we've been very fortunate with how we were trained just to kind of take things in stride. And I feel like that's always a great advice that I would give to future broadcasters is, If you're talking about something and you accidentally say the player's name, you can just be like very quickly correct it, move on um, and try not to get too hung up on it. And I feel like getting that established very quickly that if you listen to even the professionals, sometimes they'll make mistakes and they can just take it in stride. That has been like very comforting for me. In terms of nerves before games or getting calls or big calls, um, that is something that I always work with because, yeah, sometimes you'll walk into a stadium and you feel really energetic, you're pumped, and sometimes you walk in and you're like, I am so nervous. I do not know how to act right now. But I feel like once you put that headset on, it's kind of like preparing for a game as an athlete. You put that headset on, you put on your game face, and you're just ready to go. Um It's kind of a mentality that I was able to learn as an athlete running in high school, you know, being nervous really before a race. But then once you step on the line, trying to wash that off and just focus on the race and not everything else around you. Yeah, that, that I like the analogy. I always I always go back to sports with every analogy I give and I like how you compare the two. 
And what's your favorite sport to com- commentate on, if you had to pick one? Ooh, that's a really good question, because I've had a lot of great experiences with different sports. So everyone I have has something that brings unique to the table, and I've had a really good time doing. Um, the last couple of months, or last year, I've really enjoyed commentating soccer, because that was where I started play-by-play last year, and I'm hoping to do a little bit more this year. Um, but I really love basketball. It's just a really fun f- sport to commentate. A lot less memorization than some other sports. Um, so I would say that is up there for both men's and women's. And then I really fell in love with commentating volleyball. It was a sport that I didn't really know much about, um, not having a program in my high school or not really seeing much of it when I was in high school. And then coming to college, the first year watching them in the stands, and then this year being able to call some games for them or some matches for them, it has been really fun to see. And I think that part of it comes from having such a good volleyball team that it makes the matches really fun to call. But I've really fell in love with the sport in the last year, and I'm super excited to call some more matches come fall. Yeah, I definitely have a preference. I love women's volleyball and women's college basketball. So I I would probably say those are my favorite two to watch, but obviously commentating is very different. And what's the coolest game that you've gotten to call? Like something you're like, wow, like I can't believe I got to call this game. I'm trying to think because I've had so many in the last year um, that have been pretty incredible in their own way. Um, Probably some of the biggest one that I called was the women's volleyball match against Pittsburgh in the NCAA Elite Eight. Um, That was an electric call. And even though Wisconsin didn't end up winning, it was so much fun to be a part of. Um, Women's basketball, we had a really big call this year. It was myself and then two other female sports broadcasters. And we were the first all-female broadcast for our radio station. Um, so that was ended up being a monumental call, not only for us, but for the station and for the university itself. And that ended up being such a great call. And it was really fun to commentate alongside my friends, Tia and Annika, um, who were just really good and very composed in how they did it. And then this year, I also traveled to Las Vegas for the men's NIT semifinal um, against North Texas. And That was a really fun experience because it was my first time traveling outside of Madison to commentate a game and being in Vegas, seeing all of these really great programs come together. We were, I believe, the only student radio that was there. So to have that opportunity was incredible. And I was very honored to get picked uh, to be a part of that crew. It's really awesome how you talked about how one of your favorite games was commenting with two other females because I was actually going to ask you about that, like how you feel being like a female sportscaster and how you feel like you're, I don't I wouldn't say like breaking boundaries, but you know, like making a difference at your school being like a female and having like that voice on such like a big radio station. Yeah, well, thank you for calling me uh, in that type of light. I mean, I've been very lucky growing up um, on the East Coast, having a lot of female commentators to look up to. I mean, for the New York Yankees, Susan Wallman was one of the pioneer women's play-by-play commentators. Um, And then now there's so many on the professional and collegiate level that there's so many people to look up to. And even at my university, when I joined, I was one of two girls to be a part of the station. So I looked up a lot to the older female sportscaster and how she was able to act and how she was able to compose herself for games, even just how she dressed for games, because we would go into a meeting and they would be like, yeah, business casual, slacks and a shirt. And then they would look at me and they were like, 
we don't really know what to tell you how to dress for a game because we're not you. So it was, she's been a really great mentor for me over the last two years. And then um, our newer commentator, Annika, um, it was really great that she had joined. Now we had a three, a threesome that we were able to do this, this big broadcast with, and she's been really awesome. Um, and she teaches me stuff all of the time. Both of them teach me stuff all of the time. So I think it's nice to have a few other girls to be with and we continue growing that female presence in our radio station. Um, and it's been really great to see how that's flourished over the last two years. It's cool that you guys can like kind of feed off of each other a little bit and keep like uplifting each other. So what is it like for you just like in general trying to like mesh with your co-anchors you could say like trying to call games and like help each other out? Yeah I mean we have this great support system with each other. Um, You know when I came in uh, the older commentator Tia had really reached out to me and she was like if you need anything let me know you know I'm here for you. And just building that great relationship with women in the industry, like you said, it's a little bit um, less than what we would hope to see, but we continue growing that area and we really want to be there for each other. And I think that helps a lot with not only feeling comfortable in the station, but um, getting ready for games and just asking people how they do their own thing. And I mean, the guys at the station are also really great and they're always super helpful to have. Um, they help me just as much as the female broadcasters that I have alongside me. So I'm very grateful to have such a great cohort of people that everybody is just there to look out for each other and just try and be the best broadcasters they can be. Yeah, I definitely do feel like I see it growing. Like people like, I love Courtney Lyle. She's one of my favorite uh, play-by-play announcers. I always get so excited when she's on the call. And I just love when I see females on the call. I feel like it just makes me feel like seen. And like, I especially when I watch women's sports, I love hearing like female voices or like female players on there instead, which I guess it's just the female in me. I love to hear that and get that perspective instead. Absolutely. And there's so many now and they continue to grow every year. And it allows people like you and I to have people to look up to and to see that, okay, this is actually something we can do. Because when I had first started, I didn't even know if this was something I could do, only knowing a few female broadcasters, but then looking and seeing people like Melanie Newman and Lisa Byington and um, Emily Eam. I know you talked to her a while back. Um, Just seeing people like that to look up to and to prove that, okay, we can go into this industry and be very successful at what we do is very refreshing to see. And it's really great to have those females to look up to and kind of build off of. You also talked about before that you write for the Badger Herald, which is like your school newspaper. So what's it like being able to do your writing, but also manage doing your reporting at the same time? It's really interesting because I started the Badger Herald um, this winter. So January of 2023, I had reached out to their sports editor and I was like, hey, I'm really interested. He's also a broadcaster for our station. So um, it was very easy to get that connection. And I told him I was interested in winning women's basketball. I didn't notice that there was any beat writers on there. So I was able to kind of come in and just fill in that spot right away. Um, It actually makes it very easy for me because I'll have all of the prep for the games, which kind of gives me the prep to write a preview article if I need to. And I'm commentating the games and usually we'll be at the post game presser anyway. So I feel like I'm getting to kill two birds with one stone when I'm at these women's basketball games. 
So it's a lot of fun and it's just another great way for me to supplement my experiences here and try and make the most of what I can while I'm at the university. And the fact that I'm able to prep for a game, commentate a game, go to a post-game presser and then write about it is really awesome. And I'm grateful to have that experience. It's so funny because I was literally going to say two birds with one stone because it feels like you really get like the best both worlds. You get to do both at the same time and like get it out and have like two different forms of work, which is like really awesome for you to show for that. And so what's your like process like when you decide like what to write on? Like, is it like maybe like you're commenting on the game and then you like think of it or do you like like to choose like one individual story to focus on like what's the process like for you yeah usually as a beat writer um our main priority is writing preview articles game recap articles and then trying to fill in feature articles as much as we can um it makes it very easy when you're doing a game recap because i got to commentate the game so i can usually just listen back to what i said and be like okay this was a really good play i can include this in my article or if i find something in my prep notes that i thought was really interesting i can include it in a preview article but um writing for women's basketball and a team that has been rebuilding the last couple of years with a brand new head coach has really allowed me to connect with some of those players and the coach um being allowed to go to some of those media availabilities and talk to her it allows me to not only write a really great article about our head coach but then when I'm commentating a game, I can put in an anecdote of a meeting that I had with her during a media availability two days before. Um, So it just makes it better on both fronts. And I feel like it has done nothing but benefit me since I've started doing both. Yeah, it's cool that you can add like your little own like personal touches that maybe people don't see like in front of the TV, but that you got behind the scenes. And I actually forgot to ask you about this, but in terms of like your reporting and even with like your writing, like how do you uh, try to improve like maybe every single year or after every single game? Like, do you like to listen to yourself or do you like to read your writings and get critiques? Like what's your process like? Yeah, so I'll start with the writing part and um, very fortunate at the Badger Herald. We have a very great team of editors um, who are older students or who are about to graduate. And a lot of them have experience not only in writing for the newspaper, but writing for some of the more professional organizations as well. Um, So usually when I send my articles to our sports editor, he'll send them back um, with some edits and he's like, it just allows me to look back and be like, okay, next time when I write this, I can say this in a different way. And I've definitely improved over the three months that I was covering the beat, um, just in that writing sense of being able to say something in a different way, which has also helped with my commentating, where if I'm trying to call a play, um, saying it in a different way rather than repeating myself over and over again has been really beneficial for me. And on the commentating side, I definitely do try and pull clips when I can, especially if I'm doing play-by-play or if I'm doing color commentary at Big Ten Plus, just because it's a little bit easier for me to pull clips um, watching the game and then pulling the audio from it than just pulling the audio. But I do try and listen back. Um, I have a really great support system. My family loves to listen and they'll always love to kind of give me some feedback and information, which is really great to hear because sometimes you'll hear yourself talk during a game, but you don't know what it sounds like to the listener. Um, So just getting a different perspective and hearing outside sources saying like, this sounded really good. This is something that um, I've heard other people do has been really awesome and has allowed me to improve not only as a commentator, but a writer as well. 
Yeah, that definitely makes, it reminds me of when I listen back to my podcast and I'm like, wow, like, why did I sound like that? Or like, I feel like sometimes it's hard for me to listen, but I like when like my mom listens or like my family friends and they give me like, not the, like when I listen to it and I like, you know, sometimes I don't love the way I sound, but like when I hear other people listen and they give me like a different type of advice, but on more of like a getting into more like general questions, like what advice would you give to someone looking to work in sports like you? Yeah. Um, I mean, for me coming into my third year, I feel like if I was able to look back at myself heading into college or even heading into high school, the biggest piece of advice I would say is to try as much as you can. If you're interested in it, go for it, do it. Um, you'll always take away some experience from it and you'll always learn from something from it. And I feel like being able to try new things, maybe something that you're uncomfortable with. Um, getting comfortable with that uncomfortability is such an important thing in the industry. And I feel like a lot of the professionals I've talked to always emphasize that you want to try either a different sport or a different beat or, you know, a different role in production because in college you have such a great opportunity of having all these resources around you to build into a really great um you know, just really prepare yourself heading into the industry and having that experience of, you know, trying different sports or trying different roles, um, even trying stuff both in front of the camera, in front of the mic and behind working in post-production or just the production scene. It just makes you a more well-rounded individual. And I feel like that is something that I think a lot of people could benefit from just doing as much as they can and learning as much as they can about the industry taking away what you like and you don't like by the time you go into um, post-graduation and figuring out what you want to do, you have a very good sense of who you are and how you want to navigate the career. Yeah, I feel like that's something a lot of people say is to try to like do many things and don't be afraid to like get out of your own like box or your own head of like what you see just for yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that summed it up pretty well. And um, what's your favorite part about working in sports specifically? I think just being able to try the things that I've been able to do, um, getting comfortable with that uncomfortability has been really fun for me. Um, trying different sports that I never thought I would do before, especially something like hockey or softball that I'd never grown up playing, never doing. Didn't think I would have a really good time doing it. And then I did it. And it was so much fun to do. Um, so I think just having those experiences and being able to try things that I never thought I would have done in the past. And what do you see in the future for yourself? Yeah, so I have two more years left um, at the university. So, you know, just trying to get as many experiences as I can before heading into whatever is next for me. Um, you know, I'm currently interning at a company based in Madison right now, and it's been a really great experience. Um, so hopefully getting to work with them more and really honing my skills in all sides of production and commentating before I graduate and figuring out what's next. It's crazy how much you've done just within like two years. Like I, I was so shocked when you first said that you were a junior because like based off of all the stuff you've done, like I figured you were maybe like a junior senior. So it like already. So it's amazing like all the work you've already done and all the hard work you've put in because it definitely seems like it's paying off because you've gone to do so many amazing things. 
Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed it and I would not change it for the world. So yeah. So the last thing we're going to get into is just a quick game of this or that where you pick between two things. So are you ready? All right, let's go. Okay. Midwest or East Coast? East Coast. Okay. Play by play or color commentating? Color commentary. TikTok or Instagram? TikTok. Ice cream or cake? Ice cream. Snow or sun? Sun. <laughs> uh, pencil or pen? Pen. <laughs> and uh, the penultimate question, waffles or pancakes? I'm going to say pancakes. That's a hot take, though. I uh, I know that's a hot take, but I do love my pancakes. Uh, why do you like pancakes over waffles? Because I'm a waffle person, but we can still be friends, though. <laughs> I, I feel like you could just be more creative with pancakes. I don't know why. I feel like there's more that you can put into them. Um, and maybe I've just had the luxury of going to really great pancake houses in New Jersey. So <laughs> I think that helps. <laughs> Yeah, I do have to say, the best pancakes I've ever had are at Brownstone Pancake Factory. I'll shout them out. The best pancakes ever had my entire life. They're amazing. I got this, like, Oreo with, like, ice cream on top. Best thing I've ever had. <laughs> I went there relatively recently when I was back um, in May, and it was so good. I got the one with purple, purple egg and cheese, of course. Um, had to get it, so... <laughs> Okay, so that's actually it for the interview. Would you be able to tell everybody where they can find you? Yeah, so I'm on social media. Um, all of my social medias are at Chrissy Birdsall. And then I also have a TikTok, which is at Chrissy with a call. Um, so you can find me on either of those um, accounts. And I'm on basically every platform you can think of, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Um, I think those are the main ones. So, um, yeah, so you can find me on there and I will be starting some commentary coming up in the next month. Um, August already starts broadcast for a few of the sports here in Wisconsin. So you can hear me either on WSUM or on Big Ten Network's Big Ten Plus. That's amazing. And definitely check out our TikTok. Love your TikTok page. That's how I found <laughs> you. And you're so cute. I love your TikTok page. Thank you. Yeah, I just started the new one, the Chrissy with the Call, and it's been a blast so far. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Girl Boss. Make sure to share this podcast with your friends and family. That would be greatly appreciated. Our podcast is available on Anchor, Spotify, Overcast, and Apple Podcasts. Please rate our podcast five stars and review it so more people can listen just like you. Check out our Instagram and TikTok at and one podcast ending with an S. And you can check out Chrissy on Twitter and Instagram at Chrissy Birdsall and TikTok at Chrissy with the call. And I'll see you guys next time. Bye.